Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres for August, for the August issue, doing something a little different, I put together a compilation of uh, clips of conversations I've had with authors over the last few years, and I talked about what I've learned, what I've learned from those, and how it, that those conversations reflect on the author's journey. Journey that begins with not knowing where you're going, but when you start having success, and about how your life away from the desk affects your life at the desk. It's got clips from R.L. Stein, Andre Debuse, um, Elizabeth Rose Stanton, a couple of, oh, it's a great, great little compilation. Check it out, authormagazine.org. That'll be up tomorrow. We're also funded by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. Yes, we are. They've been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. And uh, as you know, as you've heard me mention, they do a great writers conference every year. They do it in September now, and, well, it'll be second week in September. I'll be there. All kinds of great teachers will be there. Other editors and agents will be there. You can come to learn the craft, to meet other writers, to pitch your book. Ah, what else could a writer want? It's all there at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, pnwa.org. Speaking of writers' conferences in the Pacific Northwest, I'm going to be down in Portland this weekend, yes, for the big, fabulous Willamette Writers' Conference. I'll be there teaching a fearless writing masterclass. There may still be time to sign up for it. If not, don't worry. I'll talk to you there. I hope I see you there. I know if you listen to this show, that's always nice to hear. But I'll be down there. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Uh, and speaking of fearless writing... Yes, I will be doing another online workshop on August 17th. August 17th, two hours, Saturday morning here in the Northwest. doesn't matter where you are. It's online. It's online. So if you're on the East Coast, last one we did, I had people in Florida, I had people in Los Angeles, people in San Francisco, people in the Northwest. So it doesn't matter where you are. If you want to do a fearless writing workshop with me, you want to be able to look at me face-to-face -face, no matter where you are, do it through this workshop, go to my website, williamknauer.com, and sign up. Yes, you can. All right. Oh, we got a good one today. We got Lori Roy, suspense writer extraordinaire. She is her, her debut novel. She started off with a bang, was awarded the Edgar Allan Poe first novel by an American author. Her work has twice been named New York Times Notable Crime Book and included on various best of lists and summer reading lists. Until She Comes Home was a New York Times editor's choice and a finalist for the Edgar Allan Poe Award for Best Novel. And Let Me Die in His Footsteps also received the 2017 Edgar Allan Poe Award for Best Novel, making Laurie the first woman to receive an Edgar for both Best Novel and Best Novel. And she's only the first person to ever, ever done so. And she's here with me now to talk about, among other things, her latest book, Gone Too Long. Got her on the show. Laurie, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Well, so Lori, when when was uh, when did Bent Road come out? When was that when was that published? 
Um, Bent Road came out in 2011. I believe it was March 2011, yes. Uh, Okay. So, all right. So, uh, what were you doing with yourself before 2011? What was occupying all your time before that book was published? Was it just writing, 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 writing? What what happened before then? Well, um, my my original career out of college was I was a tax accountant. And exciting. When I was very exciting, <laughs> <laughs> um, a different kind of fiction. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you had that line in the hopper, didn't you? I I've used it a hundred times. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it, it was about uh, 20 years ago or so I decided to step away from the corporate world full time to be home with my son, who was a, an infant at the time. Okay. And that's when I began studying, you know, the craft of writing, just kind of quietly on my own at my desk. And then I ventured out to some writers' conferences, such as what you um, had there in your intro. Yep. And then after about 10 years of work, I about eight and a half years into that, I started writing Bent Road. It took me about a year and a half to write it. And then after 10 years of work, I sold my first book. Wow. All right. So you, so you come out of college. You're, you're in a tax accountant. And, and you're, you're married, I, I'm guessing. You, uh, yes. you, you, guys, you have a baby. And you say, ah, I don't want to do that thing. So you stay home. And, and so you're, you're home and you're like, I just can't sit around because I've raised kids myself. And it's a weird mixture raising kids. You're both busy and bored at the same time. It seems to like, like you've yeah. got stuff to do. And sometimes all you've got to do is just stare at them so they don't kill themselves. You know, it's like being a lifeguard or something. <laughs> so, so you, and so you were a voracious reader, I'm guessing, maybe yeah. prior to that. Always, always been a big reader. Uh, always read a lot of nonfiction. Mm. Um, but yes, I've always been a reader and what kind of possessed me to strike out on being a writer, I really don't know. Really? I, you know I'm not someone, I'm not someone who always wanted to be a writer or, cause I, I just never would have thought I could be. That was so, something right. that well, other so, people did. So talk, take me back. Cause here's the interesting thing. When you're writing, right, your characters often even even if whether you're writing suspense or romance or literary or whatever, characters make changes. Characters make decisions. Characters' lives go in different directions. And so, in the hero's journey of Laurie Roy, what would what would we see when Laurie Roy, the the stay-at-home mom, ex-tax accountant, what what does she start doing? Does she just pick up a notebook one day and start writing? Like what? How did that happen? I know you can't, you don't know why, but obviously something must have tickled in you to get you at least started on that. Well, the the one thing I I do remember clearly is that I wanted to be doing something during those years at home to develop a career right. um, for myself, knowing that one day now I went on to have a daughter, and so I knew you know one day my kids are going to grow up and right. leave home as as they should, which they now have done, and I wanted to have a career, uh, something for myself when that right. time came. But you so, know, but that's funny that you chose writing because in my book Fearless Writing, I talk about careers as writers, and the thing I hold as the opposite is accountant. In that, it's like you can 
kind of get work if you're if you're a decent accountant you can pretty much get work anytime anywhere i would assume it's sort of like i've been a waiter for a little while for actually a long while and i could always get a job as a waiter it's very you know it's dependable in that way and i assume being an accountant is too but writing much less predictable yeah uh, yes, absolutely. I I wouldn't say that I thought about that at all. No. All right. All right. Um, when I set out to write a book, I honestly never really thought about it getting published. I guess I wasn't right. too concerned with the success of the career that I was developing. Um, oh, okay. I didn't, ha- you know, I didn't have some feeling that that road was definitely worthy of being published. I just felt like that's the next step is that you try to get an agent. And I just set about doing that. Um, And so did you, was it suspense all along or did you not, were you not sure how you wanted to, where you wanted to start? You know, I I gave no thought to genre at all when I um, wrote that road. I did, um, the first writers' conference I attended, it was about five years into my work as I first started studying the craft of writing, and that was re- that class that I was in. They were largely focused on crime fiction as right. writers. The instructor, the instructor was Dennis Lehane, who oh, everyone will know. What? Yeah. Wow. Nice. Um, so that. That was an early part of my education. That was a, a, a great introduction into the structure of, of, of fiction in general, the right. plot, the three-act structure. And I learned primarily how much I had to learn. Yeah. I learned how little I knew at that time, and it, it was a very kind of accelerated introduction. Wow. Um, wow. But even having said that, I didn't – sit down and think I'm going to write crime fiction. I didn't really think about it being crime fiction until it was nominated for a crime fiction <laughs> award. And then I'm like, okay, I write crime fiction. <laughs> That's so funny. And it, it just nominated it won. It did. Yes, it did win. What did you think of that? Did you like, did it make any sense to you? Um, I, I pretty much thought, what am I going to do now? I thought that was the pinnacle. I was yeah. done, um, and uh, yeah, it, it was. I, I was very glad that I, I had already largely finished writing my second book before that happened. Right. Because it's hard enough to write a second book. Um, yeah. Anyway, and so I, I was glad that that. I didn't have all that going on in my head when I was, when I was trying to get through that second novel. Right. It's true because if sometimes if you have a lot of success, it can actually screw you up writing the second book. Cause you think, well, I got to match that. I got to be just as good. I got to. And so you were just plugging along. Good for you. And so you were just into the editing phase or the, the finishing up phase when the, when you got the award. Uh, yes. Yeah. I was in the um, kind of just, probably on about my fifth draft. Um, so the book was done and I was just tinkering with it. Yeah. So fifth, five draft, you know, everyone's different. I remember uh, uh, Louis Sackar, the young adult author wrote 
Coles and a bunch of other young, wonderful writer. He always does six drafts. He knows it's always going to be exactly six. Are you, are you in that camp too, or have you found that it's gotten faster as you've written more of them? Um, I don't have, it, it's, it's controlled chaos is kind of my is favorite it? term for the process. Yeah. Um, I, I write and rewrite pretty slowly. That sort of the first act of a book, maybe that first uh-huh. 50 ish pages, because if you kind of, if you mess things up there, it'll haunt you the rest of the book. And if yeah. you set them up well, it will help you the rest of the book. I, that took me, what is, I'm working on my sixth book. I think I've just about learned that. <laughs> you um, think so? Yeah. And um, yeah, so, so, so you really, so you concentrate on that first third, because it's almost like launch me in the right direction and I'll be okay. But you know, you know what it reminds me of? It's like a, I, I've played golf once in my life, but I know that the thing about the longer the shot, the the less of a, if you're off just a little bit, it'll be off a long ways down the road when you, when it finally hits the yes. green. Is it kind of the same way for you? Yes, that's very true. And it, um, I, I don't, I don't outline, yeah. which I, I wish that I, I wish it worked better for me. So no. I found that if, if I think very carefully about kind of getting all the right players on the board, then when I send them out into the story, things will happen. I'll have the opportunity for things to happen. Um, well, meaning like give them, give them motivation, give right. them something that they want. What are their obstacles going to be? I think in terms of those, getting those things set up, yeah. making yeah. room for them. And so it, it's just pretty much a mess until the, like if it, it takes me about two years to write a book generally. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty awful for about the first year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and then that well, last six months is fun. Well, uh, you know, thinking of Dennis Lehane, because I interviewed him for a book called The Given Day or A Given Day. The mm-hmm. Given Day. Big yeah. historical. Have you read it? Yes, I have. Right. So it's a big book, a lot going on, tons of characters. And I, like I said, so did you outline it? He said, I could show you it, but it's a joke. He said, it's just nothing resembling what I wrote in the end. And so I thought, so basically he said, no, I didn't outline, which really surprised me. Although not really what I know now, I doesn't surprise me, but I mean, it's such a big complex story, but no, he just found his way. So I think, and which is a long way of saying, yeah. if you can outline, do it. But, but I've learned that if people outline, they have to outline. And if you can't, and if you don't outline, and I'm not an outliner, then you cannot, that the outline simply creates problems. It doesn't solve any. You know? Yeah, I've I found and I, I recommend this to when I'm teaching if for writers that don't outline, what I do is sort of outline after the fact. Right. So once I have that first you know, about a year and a half in where I'm I've almost got that first draft and things are clicking, I go and I take an index card for each scene, write a very brief sentence, maybe the character who's the point of view character put my timeline on there and then I lay the book out after the fact 
in an out, right. sort of an outline form, and that, yeah. that allows you to take hold of the structure and right. manipulate it in a little easier way. Get your arms around it. You know, Louis Sackar also said to me, he says, you know, I do, it takes me six drafts. And he said, almost every time, this guy's had a lot of success. He's won like, every award they'll give a young adult fiction writer, um, and bestseller, blah, blah, blah. And he said to me, yeah, just about draft three or four, almost every time I think, well, I'll finish this thing, but it's just not coming. I, I just can't. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to come together. And then finally by draft six, it does. In that first year and a half, do you have a few dark nights of the soul where you think, I think this is going to be the book I don't hand it to my editor? Or do you always feel like, no, 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 I'll get it? Uh, no, I, I pretty much think that I'll never finish another book ah. <laughs> at that time. <laughs> but that that's part of just having faith. Describe it like um, it's kind of a, these toys that kids have where you put the gears on a board and you got to put the gears just right so when you right. motion. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, Lori, I'm losing you just a little bit. I'm losing you a little bit. I don't know if you're moving around or not. Well, we'll just hope. We'll hope that the connection stays clear. So you were saying you looked upon it as like a game that kids do where they put these gears on the board and they try to get them to to all click. Yeah. And then I kind of lost you. Okay, well, and then there's that moment when the book just clicks. Right. And I'll have this feeling like, oh, that's what happened. Right. Like I'll, right. And then I, I go. And I, so now it's, I, I do have those nights, but I've learned to just ignore them. That's just part of the game. Just right. keep writing. Don't be too precious about it. And, um, and it, uh, so far, it's worked out okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So far, so good. And I, you know, one of the things I teach my students, and it seems to be something that, that the newer book writers, particularly book writers, not so much short story writers, because it's a different, just because the, the, the length creates different, um, it's less challenging in this one way, is that they believe they, that, that the newer novelist believes they need to know more than they do when they start. In other words, they don't they they don't realize how little they have to know about their book in order just to start it and get going and they and they're daunted by how little they actually know about how things are going to work out and how many and and they don't trust in the imagination to fill in the details as you go does that resonate well yes and it it is it is a leap of faith and yeah. um a friend of mine who has a journalism background took a hand at writing a novel and he said to him it was like driving down a dark highway and all, he could only see as far as the headlights and that's right. all he could write every day and that was that was difficult for him that not knowing where yeah. he was going i was like yeah that's just part of the that's just part of the job it's just the way it unfolds at least for a lot of us well, that was that was a that's the what he said is the famous E.L. Doctor out quote about a novel writing is like driving to Boston from Boston to L.A. at night, seeing only your headlights ahead of you. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really. But I would imagine writing the way you do, 
you have the experience, maybe not, but most writers I know who write in the fashion you do, that um, you, you're going along and you're, you've got a character and you like her and you need some detail just to flesh her out. And you think, okay, she doesn't like orange juice or whatever. You're just trying to find some detail to give her, you know, and suddenly and in the fifth draft, that little detail you threw in just because becomes the sort of perfect thing to bring the story together. Does that ever happen to you? Uh, yes, it, it does. I, um, I have this example of it was in Bent Road where I had a little girl jumping up and down on a bed and she tore the dress she was wearing. And it was right. one she wasn't supposed to be wearing. And I thought nothing of it at the time. And then later in the book, I needed an excuse for her to go to a certain home and a seamstress lived in that home. So, of course, she needed to take the dress to get it fixed. Wow. And see? So instead of concocting something, I, I went back and leveraged something that arose naturally out of character. Yeah, yeah. And that's when you – when that happens, don't you feel like you kind of know you're on the beam because you didn't really plan it? Something, seemed, something else seemed to plan it for you? I always feel more secure when that happens than when I feel like I'm – I'm I'm moving all the gears and and levers myself. Yeah, and I, I think if the if the focus is on writing characters that are authentic, yeah, then you'll have those moments where things just seem to happen and work out. I guess when you try to force um, action on a character that is not true to them that's not driven by their motivation then it's not then you're not then you're not going to get those opportunities right and if you were you know i totally agree and i and i totally agree that story should be driven by the character because and their motivation and who they are and what they want what they think they want and so on but if you were to give someone some advice on how to create an authentic character what would you say to them? I have my answers, but I'm curious what, what, how, if someone said, but how do you make them authentic? I don't understand. What would you say to them? Well, probably the primary kind of underlying tactic would be figuring out what they want. Yeah. In your story. And then, and then beyond that, what they need in their life, you know, one, the need is sort of the, the arc that, that covers the entire book and really right. their entire life beyond the pages of the book. But yep. the want is what's driving the story. And then, and then, I, I mean, that's, that's sort of the art of it, I guess. You know, a lot of writing is a craft and it's practice, but there's a little more nuance and art, almost like yeah. having an ear for it. Yes, um, I agree. What was it? There was something. Actually, God, to go back to Dennis Lehane again, interestingly, it's on my mind. He said something, maybe he said this in your class, that if you find the thing, the sort of the thing of the problem the protagonist has that he or she doesn't know she ha- he or she has, and that becomes the spine of your book. So the thing that they don't know about themselves that is causing them, them the distress that that becomes, that can become the driving force of that. Maybe that's the need. Maybe. What do you think? Of well, that? I would say, 
I would say that would be the um, probably the key incident if you think of in terms of like um, script writing. Mm-hmm. You have an in, an inciting, inciting event, incident, which, yeah, yeah, which brings the characters on the page, and then that key incident is where their world shifts, the right. status quo changes, and now they yeah. have to either they want to save the family member that's been kidnapped, or they are not going to try to save them. You know, they're right. hopping in or out at that moment, and so that's sort of the same. I think that's probably what he's alluding to. Yeah. This is what's going to shake their world and, and turn it off its axis, so to speak. Right. And set the story in motion. All right. So if you are, uh, so if you, you, you don't outline and you, it's going to take you two years to find the story and there's a lot of experimentation and a lot of, you know, stuff you're throwing out, I'm sure. What is it? What do you usually start with? Like, how do books begin for you? What's the kernel? Is it a character? Is it a, a crime? Is it a villain? What, how does it usually start for you? You know, usually, let's see, I've, what do I have? Four, my fifth just came out. So for four of those, it was setting. Mm-hmm. The, um, the setting was the first thing because I like a kind of a gritty setting that will lend a certain tone to the book and then kind of characters and, and my plot would rise out of the setting. Right. My most recent was my most recent book was the first one where a plot idea was, was the first thing that kind of grabbed my interest. Right. In a way that it hadn't before, and then I went searching for kind of my setting after that. But right, I have to say the writing was easier when I when the plot idea was there. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Um, it, in some ways, in other ways, it was more difficult. But I, I tried to take a lesson from that as I'm embarking on a new book now. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess you just keep learning as you go. I hope so. Wouldn't we get yeah. bored if we didn't? Yeah, that's true, but I don't know. I take a little boredom. <laughs> so you think. So you think yeah. until it came your way. I th- I don't know. I think without the discovery, without the learning, I think I think it just wouldn't be as interesting. I always say to my students that what you what changes in you when you write a book belongs to you. And then the book that you write, that belongs to the readers because they're going to do something different with it. But what you went through writing it, that belongs to you and you alone, I think. Yeah, yeah, very true. So, all right. So if Pete, now do you ever, because uh, different now than it was 10 years ago when you probably, when you published Bent Row, that's not even 10 years ago, but still different. Do you go out and meet your adoring fans when you publish a book or is are the days of book tour is over for you or do you do a little bit of that uh yeah in fact i just finished up um the bulk of my book tour for my most recent and then i'll have um like voucher con i go to that every year other reading Uh festivals um particularly around you know in the south where i live right and you know bookstores i i do that that's it's it's fun to get out into the world you know, so much of being a writer is very isolating. 
Yeah, yeah, so I, I do enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And and do you enjoy? I mean, do because uh, it's do you? Are, what do the fans want to talk to you about? You know, um, often obviously questions about the book, questions about yeah. um, past books. There's usually some writers in the crowd. Yeah, and yeah. So we'll talk writing. Um, so yeah, it's a, a wide range. I usually try to talk a little bit about, you know, the book and my. Well, it kind of depends on the book, um, maybe right. the research that led to it, things like that, to get the discussion going. So, right. yeah, it's and always always a good discussion. That's nice. And so, if people want to learn about you, if they uh, want to find out when and if you're going to be traveling around, going to conferences, and so on, where's the best place to find you? They can find me on um, Facebook, Lori Roy Author. I'm on Twitter, uh, Instagram. I have a website, LoriRoy.com. Um, I think that spans the uh, Internet. That's, that's your Internet empire there. Okay, good, good. Yeah. All right, well, people can check yeah. that out. All right, well, listen, before I let you go, though, i gotta go. I got one more question for you. I need you to answer sure. one more for me. And what I want you to do is finish the sentence. Finish this sentence. If writing has taught you anything, taught you what? That it's very hard work and to uh, be persistent. Yeah, be persistent. It's true. <laughs> it's true. You got to do it. It took yeah. eight and a half years to publish your first one. You got to be persistent. Lori, thank you so much. Good luck with Gone Too Long and, and good luck with your next one. I hope it's Great. another Thank you fabulous so success. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. Pure persistence. Got to stay with it. There is no failure, people. There is only learning. It's true. It's true. I will be back again next week on Wednesday, not Tuesday, with Robert Cray, another suspense writer. He's coming back to the show. That'll be fun. I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries, and to all you fabulous listeners, find something you love. Go do it.